I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. That's... <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is The Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Today, our guests are Beck Finer, graphic designer and co-author of If I Was Prime Minister, and Mark Serrell's editorial director at tech and culture website, CNET. Beck has two kids and how is that right? Not three now. And so does Mark. They're not together. I always have to explain that. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to you both. How have how's the week been generally? Uh, well, have I'm the children's getting, been be, children been behaving. Yeah, I'm getting emotionally ready for school holidays. Um, it's like going into a, a race. <laughs> where like I worked out the pros of going to school holidays is no lunches, but the negatives are the kids being around all the time. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I think. Um, well, I have a very unique situation because my mother-in-law's coming up tomorrow. Uh. And that means that not only are there no school lunches, that means three out of five days next week, I can just walk straight out the door. (laughs) I don't have to do any drop-offs. Isn't that like, that is like a vacation right there and then. I know. You don't have to pay any money to go anywhere. My problem is I like abuse both mother and mother-in-law during school <laughs> so I'm not allowed to you're not allowed them. to call on them how about you Mark how's uh, your week yeah I'm um, absolutely fantastic my son broke his leg oh, um, so I have how? to uh, so he's really good on his bike a little too good so do you know when you pedal so fast on your bike that the pedals don't pedal anymore you're yes. just like <laughs> I'm doing the pedal gears. motion. He, that was the speed at which he fell off his bike and he had a spiral fracture oh. down his tibia. But you know, that says that you're a very good parent. You know that, right? Oh. Him falling off his bike oh. is a sign that you allow your children to take risks. Yes. Well, it's funny because like I was watching him bomb down this hill over and over again and I was sitting in the car, I was just like messing around and I was like, I should go and tell him to just like dial it back just a little bit. And literally as I thought that, it just come flying off. And I'm like, Oh, no, no, no. I'm here to tell you that you have a parenting win right there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So do nothing, say nothing. Let them kill themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's like, hold on, I didn't I, say that. I, I'm, um, a roof guy came over to my house and I said, "Oh, you're going on the roof. That's a bit scary." And he goes, "You shouldn't tell, you know, your kids, you know, not to go fall, on the roof because I've never fallen. Like, because my parents never told me that I could fall, and so your son is going to grow up to be." But let, can we just do a little disclaimer that we are not suggesting <laughs> that yeah, you let your children important. do anything? Yeah. Look, look. There are safe risks <laughs> and there are unsafe risks. He has risks. not fallen off a roof ever was his uh, answer. And we're also not saying to let your children play on the roof. Jeez, you guys are dangerous. (laughs) All right, let's get into safer territory or not, uh, because the topics we're talking about this on this show are how you might raise a feminist son, parenting phobias, and the weirdest things you find when you're cleaning up your home. First up today, though, we're asking, is it ever okay to live vicariously through your child? Yes. You can be anything you want to be. My dad made me and my brothers do apocalypse training. I'm only doing gymnastics because my parents make me. I live vicariously through you, remember? Okay, so my kids are four and six, and so far we haven't done many extracurricular activities, and I was, I, I vacillate between being very proud that my children aren't overscheduled and feeling like a complete failure because they're not doing anything. And then suddenly there was this opportunity for my daughter to do 
musical theatre. And again, I still thought, no, I'm not one of those parents. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind until she did the end of term open class performance. <laughs> I want you to picture this. There are six children on the stage. They're performing to This Is Me. And they have solos. Can you sing This Is Me, please? The, this God. is me, though. Oh, that one. I've got all the... Yeah, right? And there's the one, you know, the part at the end, Mark, yeah. right? the very part where the, the female soloist is like having a really emotional moment. Yep. That was my daughter's oh, solo. Yeah. And she stood there. She had this white dress on. I'd curled her hair. She oh stood gosh. there with her little chin in the air and she sang her heart out. Well, Daniel and I, the only two of the four parents there, the other two were just mums who'd come along with their kids. <laughs> we're literally going, oh my God, I can't, I can't stop crying. We had tears running down oh our face. And then, to top it all off, she won the award oh, for the man. whole term. So is, she, is, she a, is she good or are you a bit <laughs> That's beside the point. <laughs> but what it did make me think, I was like, oh, oh, I love musical theatre. I love musicals. I'm getting this look from Beck like, oh, you God. freak. I'm actually starting to feel a bit like nausea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like coriander. You either yeah, love it or you hate yeah. it. Anyway, I love it. And I was thinking, oh, maybe she likes it. Maybe it's okay for me to live my dreams through her. Like maybe she's going to be like that girl in Glee who goes on to, mm-hmm. oh, no, that means she'd move to New York. Mm-hmm. Anyway, scrap that. You have an but, apartment in New York. You can go and stay. It, all right. Yeah, that's yeah. an upside <laughs> of her moving across the world. Thank you, Beck. Uh, so... My question is, Beck, is there any th- any one thing that you would actually like to live through your child? Yeah, well, I mean, I have to admit that I watched a lot of uh, Nashville while my daughter was in my <laughs> stomach growing. <laughs> it seemed like the right time to really, you know, binge on those episodes. And I kind of have this secret love of country music. And my husband was a bit hard to get some names across during... Um, you know, what before the baby's born. But I have a tip that when you're in labour, your husband will give you any name you want. So <laughs> just hold out until then. So as I'm pushing out, I was like, uh, Esme is going to be her name and Dolly is going to be her middle name. Esme Dolly Finer. <laughs> and he's like, Dolly. And I was like, yeah, like Dolly Pardon. And her name is going to be Esme Dolly Finer. And she might be the first Jewish country music singer. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughter, actually, I'm not even saying this. I think she's quite musical. So I'm like, I can just imagine when I'm when she's older and I'll be like, I predicted it. When, but are you uh, going to put her in guitar lessons? Have you started? No, I'm going to make just make her wear country music, like boots. <laughs> That's going to be her. You said you're going to or are you already <laughs> doing that bet? But, you know, it's interesting because I'm creative. Well, I think I am. And my son has no ability to draw and I'm kind of. I'm okay with that because I kind of want him to be like a chartered accountant or something <laughs> more stable than an artist. I think so. you should aim higher. Maybe like, okay, a, like a plastic surgeon. Yes, yes, yeah, then yeah. he'll make lots of money. Yeah, yeah, and do me up when I'm older. You know? <laughs> it's a pro. So that's that's my uh, ambition. Ah, okay, for both what, kids. what about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I make my kids do stuff they don't want to do all the time, like especially when it comes to sport. <laughs> like uh, I've got my, old, my, my youngest son is a complete unco like a waste of flesh basically <laughs> the oldest one is like a, a, a athletic prodigy so i've got one in one spectrum one on the other and i'm super into rock climbing to the point where i've actually got a rock climbing wall in my house you do not i do, do you have and, a house? Uh, that means he's got a big enough it's not house a big house another reason why we're not gonna <laughs> get, get together <laughs> and have more children than you already have be good for the show though yeah so i, I make him climb constantly he can't climb right now because his leg's broken but he doesn't i don't know if he really likes it that much but i so i basically bribe him i say if you get to the top you can have 
like a jelly snake. And if he doesn't get to the top, he, he does not get the snake. I don't, I don't oh give it to him. Because one time, one time I took him to like a big indoor climbing place and I hooked him up to the harness and he's climbing up and he's like, Daddy, I want to come down. And he was crying. And I was like, <laughs> if you don't come, if you don't get to the top, you're not going to, you're not going to snake. Only winners get a snake. Oh my god! So he's like, he's crying, he's crying as he's climbing up, <laughs> and uh, he made it, but he was traumatized for sure. Oh my gosh! But uh, yeah, that's the kind of dad I am—a horrendous human being. With, I just uh, want my daughter to wear country music boots. You nah, wait, I want to know what the, the final goal here is. is. Do you just want him to be really good at indoor rock climbing, or do yeah. you want him to climb Everest or something? Nah, I want him to like climb really strong. Uh, maybe the Olympics, I think, is a rough. <laughs> goal the olympics is in the climbing's in the olympics 2020 for the first time so i mean i don't see why not i mean yeah what you start now if it it can't be my son whose son's it gonna be (laughs) i've got a light i've got a wall in my house i've been to those parties where you have to you know everyone climbs up the wall and my son again is not terribly gifted in that but some kids just shoot up to the top like my daughter does love rock climbing and go up yeah Mm. all right interesting i don't feel so bad anymore thank you (laughs) yeah no worries anything (laughs) (laughs) if you don't only winners get the snake oh i love that i don't know if i said winners i think i said i definitely said only he definitely only, only got the snake when he got to the top. Yeah, only champion. <laughs> Something like that. I think you should make that and put that on his wall as a yeah, piece of art. I'll yeah, do probably. that for you. <laughs> Just write it on the mirror on lipstick. Like it's terrifying. You're listening to the parent panel where we invite two parents into the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today I'm joined by Beck Finer, graphic designer and co-author of If I Was Prime Minister, and Mark Serrells, editorial director at tech and culture website CNET. Next, how do you raise a feminist son? It's very common for people to worry about having daughters because they know what potential risks face their girls. But far fewer people worry about having boys um, because they don't assume that their sons will ever be responsible for that pain. That's feminist writer Clementine Ford speaking about her latest book on Kindling Conversation this week. The book's called Boys Will Be Boys and it's called to parents everywhere to raise their boys into healthy, good men, men who don't actively contribute to the inequality between the sexes. Now, Clementine has a son. He's a toddler and she sees it as a very big responsibility raising him this way. And in the book, some of the suggestions are simple, so don't get hung up on gendered clothing, etc. And some I found as the mum of a boy a bit more challenging like making sure they don't grow up feeling privileged and have a right to take what they want in the world which is a much more I guess subtle idea in terms of when you're raising your kids so I'm wondering what are some of the qualities you want your sons to have and how do you teach them those qualities Mark I'll start with you oh man it's honestly I'm, I'm it's, it's something I think a lot about because I am a woke dad as we talked about earlier <laughs> uh, but it's um for me, a lot of it's example. I, I try really hard to make sure that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a tricky one, but I try to make sure that I, I, I do a lot of those things that Clementine mentions, you know, in my own life. Because I find that kids, you can tell kids what to do, but what they really respond to is your example, 100%. So the way I treat women, the way I talk to women, the words I don't say to women, the things that are, the way I, I guess, carry myself when I'm with women as well, just things like, being trying to be aware of the, the things the challenges that they go through and also i'm um, just silly little things that i try to be super hyper aware of that and i hope i hope that comes through there have been times where my son said some really worrying things about women in the playground i just can't 
When I'm just, it yeah, exactly. I'm like, you wouldn't hear that in this house, yeah. you know, that sort of mm. thing. It's like when they swear for the first time. You know, oh, no, but that, that, sorry, I don't think that's a good example for you because I have a feeling that perhaps you may <laughs> have sworn in front no, of your children. No, no, never. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think a lot about that. Just th- times when he comes home and he's like, oh, I don't want to play with girls or I don't like girls. And it's just like trying really hard to like not have them internalize those, those sort of attitudes. The messages as yeah, well. And it's but... almost impossible because kids just, the way they are in school. But So I think it's kind of like everyone has to do it or no, it's it's really tricky, huh? It's a community thing as 100%. well, I think. Mm. What about you, Beck? Because it is a bit different for us as mums yeah. of boys, I think. Well, I totally agree, though, about Mark. Like, I think my husband has got to, you know, really set an example for him. And But for me, I kind of, yeah, it's the same. I lead by example. I do a lot of, you know, in my illustrations, we've just... I've just released a Lady Legends alphabet and I try and actually show him lots of art that I'm creating that talks to those issues. You know, if I was Prime Minister, there's a big section about how girls should be equal to boys, you know, like there should be um, as many girl leaders as there are boy leaders. So we constantly have those discussions and I hopefully he's going to see a mum that's really strong, a strong woman and that's going to play a part. But it, it was funny because the other day he I picked him up from soccer and I said, there's this girl in his soccer field who she's just amazing. I said, she's really good. And he goes, I'm a little bit better. And I went into like this feminist overdrive <laughs> with him. And I was like, no, that is not like, and then I worked out that the reason he thinks that he's a little bit better is because he started a bit before her. <laughs> so he actually did it like, there was yeah. no, nothing, it was yours. It was my going, oh my God, I've raised, who have I raised, you know? And it was going back. I had to go, oh yeah, she started a couple of weeks later then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the clothing thing? Because that's something that I've found um, an interesting one. So for example, I don't have a problem with my son wearing dresses, but I never know how would I handle it if for him going out into the world. So I can say in the safety of our home, we don't Clothing doesn't yeah. mean much, particularly because mm. talking role models, their dad loves to loves to put on a bit of a sarong, <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the astonishment of many of our neighbours at different times. Yeah. But, you know, so in the safety of our home, I'm like, yeah, explore that. And But then I can't, when he goes out into the world, I can't predict how people will respond to him and then how he will then internalise that because he's still only four. Yeah. I mean, do you ever think about those sorts of things, like how they'll respond to that? Yeah, I mean, influence? there's a sense that you have to you have to occupy the world you live in. So there's there's that, that that's a stress as well, you know. And the, the dress thing is like you have to like let them give them the space to be themselves. A hundred percent. There's like there's a girl who lives across the road from us who presents as a boy, basically, and and I think about that a lot. And she she gets along fine. And I think for if it was to happen to me, and I had a son who was you know. Wanting to wear dresses all the Correct. time. Correct, yeah. So in that situation, I would just let them. Yeah. I would let them because I think you have to be the the kid. It's your anxiety less than the kids, and it's you that has you have to fight against your own anxiety in that situation because your anxiety is what that child will feel yeah. and internalize. Maybe not so much the out, the outside part of it. Yeah, that's it's, it's funny also having a girl the second time and how she naturally wears like these awful tutus and so girly and I'm not trying to get her into them and it's kind of the reverse my son I could put anything on him and he will not I sometimes put him in mufti clothes because I know there's on he has no idea that I just put him in mufti clothes he just is so unaware of what he's wearing but my daughter it's like this thing and I often think that people must think am I trying to also dress my daughter yeah 
in this way, or maybe there's some sympathising parents. Oh, out totally sympathising. Oh, Those tutus, man. Oh, I've got to it's say, like highly though, flammable outfits. They're highly flammable. <laughs> but you know, one of my deepest regrets is that princess dresses and tutus were not as acceptable in public when I was a child. <laughs> I, I would have. In fact, I would wear one today. But maybe I should but wear can one I on just Monday. Just ask you quickly: Do you think that there's an age that boys would get to where they'd go, "Oh, that's cute. They're wearing a dress," and then suddenly it'd be like, "Not." Acceptable, oh, totally. you know, I a four-year-old reckon. or a five-year-old. It still would be, I don't think you'd get judgment. Because, no, I no. think as soon as they get to primary school, that's when yeah. a yeah. lot of that that idea of, of who they are as boys is reinforced by those around them. Yep. And yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that in another episode. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> lots to think about there. You're listening to the Parent Panel. I'm Siobhan Hunt and my guest today are Beck Feiner, graphic designer and co-author of If I Was... Prime Minister and Mark Serrell's Editorial Director at tech and culture website CNET. In just a moment, what is your parenting phobia? Kidding conversation. Daryl, what is your biggest fear? I was scared, okay? I'm scared too. What are you afraid of? Oh yeah, I'm pretty much not afraid of anything. Liar! This week, um, people have been talking a bit about tocophobia, which is a fear of giving birth, which I personally think I might have had it. Don't laugh. I no, I'm laughing it. because it's like, obviously. Yes. If you're not afraid of it, now. Strongly, he just yeah. laughed at us. <laughs> <laughs> I would be terrified. I'm, I'm terrified I give him birth and I can't even do it. <laughs> that is funny. Um, and it basically, it inspired um, writer Angela Mollard, Mollard to mull over some phobias she's developed as a parent. For example, rapophobia, the fear of wrapping your baby correctly <laughs> without suffocating them in the process, or misplace a phobia, <laughs> uh, when you forget a child at a park or lose her while on a picnic. Uh, my parenting phobia would be, I'm calling it by now a phobia, oh, yeah. which is the fear that you will never have time to get to the shops. So every time oh, you yeah. go to the shops, mm. you must buy absolutely everything, <laughs> whether yeah. it's a pair of new jeans, a bottle of milk, 100%. or some some other object. You just have to get it all yeah. and end up spending way too much money. <laughs> Beck, what, what would your parenting phobia be? Um, mine is um, I have a fear of changing other kids' toddlers' nappy oh, yeah. <laughs> over to oh, my house. Oh, like, dude. My, 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 my lovely friend's toddler, and she always happens to oh, – I just can't <laughs> deal with it. And it's like I sometimes pretend like – I'm like, I think she did a poo, but <laughs> I'm not sure. And I know. And it's I've asked my, my daughter's, like, childcare centre. I was like, so are you, like – totally fine about changing nappies and they look at me like I'm a, I'm like get a grip it's like you know and I just can't it's just do you gag yeah and I'm totally fine with my own kids like if my husband changes my daughter's nappy I was like so what was the consistency like I'm totally into my kids poo like that is I am down with that like when she's done a poo I can like shove my head in that bum to see if like you know with clothes on to see if she's done a poo but another kids. kids what would you call that Oh. Other kid phone in now with her. <laughs> phone in now with your suge- suggestion. Or start oh, a hashtag. And my last one is I have a fear of my kids getting scurvy. <laughs> because I always think that I'm not giving I always have FOMO that someone else is giving their kids a better nutritious yeah. like meal and so um, my mum had to explain that I, my kid would have to be on a ship like Captain Cook ship for at least three months <laughs> to develop this thing but I always think that they are in like malnutrition like I you know what happens when you get scurvy do you, do you take 
hateful, loud <laughs> But I just feel like I'm never giving my kids the right food. Like, you know. Oh, join the club. Okay, Let's have good. our own. Can we write fear that down for a future? Sc- yes, fear yeah. of scurvy club. Kids we'll, scurvy. <laughs> fear of kids scurvy. We'll, we'll start a Facebook group. Okay, thank yeah. you. Okay. Support what, group. What about you, Mark? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, mostly my kids wrecking my stuff. Like, it happens so often. Like, I have a Nintendo Switch. And it's, a Nintendo Switch is like a handhold games console. And Thank you for explaining <laughs> that to us. Oh, my God. When I first bought that thing, it was more precious than my children. <laughs> and I'm imagining Mark's house at the moment. <laughs> <with> the... <laughs> yeah, it's horrendous. And anyway, so one time, I just remember very vividly, it was out of its slot. I went to, I'd gone to the toilet for like five seconds. And when I came back, it had been disappeared oh, from its charging yes. slot. And I knew instantly what had happened and i went into insane panic mode blaming everyone <laughs> screaming the house down and of course it was sitting screen down in a pile of duplo gigantic lego <laughs> just like begging to be scratched and i picked it up and it it had this big scratch down the middle oh. it's like a, it's like a 600 dollar thing and i was just like i spent I can't tell you how long I spent trying to get rid of this scratch. <laughs> the things I bought, like rubbing stuff on the screen gently, oh like oh, so that I have a constant fear, and it's a legitimate fear because my kids do destroy everything. <laughs> they, they will wreck my my expensive TVs, my expensive stuff. Well, see, and, I yeah. would have thought. How old's your your eldest now? My oldest is five. You think you've, had, is you've had five years to stop buying this stuff. Well, that's why I would tell, I'd go to my husband. We're at a time of our lives where we can't have expensive <laughs> things around the house, so you're just going to have to get used Ex- to that. Except for clothes, which you can yes. put in the cupboard and the children yes. won't touch. Yes, exactly. Cool. So you're just right. going to have to wait More another clothes. five years. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mark. I could tell when you. I could feel your pain when you're yeah. telling that story, but I just wasn't. It wasn't resonating no, with me. I understand. Nothing. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Are you going to? Mark's going to ask to be replaced with the mail next time. Because we're like <laughs> ganging up on so him. So mean. Although I have to say, my daughter once um, had a tantrum and threw a dustbin d- dustbin brush at the TV when she was a toddler <gasps> and cracked the TV. Hell no. Poor love. We don't let her forget it. It's oh, like, yeah. don't throw anything so when you broke the TV. Is Mark fear like fear of touching dad's toys? Yes, correct. <laughs> Uh, or phobia. Phobia. Got to have the beer on the end. You're listening to the parent panel. Up next, the weirdest thing you found cleaning up your home. Sweet mother of pearl. What on earth is that? God, what is that? Oh, oh, gross. That's confusing and gross. Okay, I'm going to throw up. This week on Kindling Conversation, we did an interview about spring cleaning. Um, so it was about the pantry, but it got me thinking about what happens when you finally take the plunge to, I don't know, move things to clean. I mean, that takes a bit of working up to, right? You're going to move the lounge and vacuum behind it. Um, and children can hide things in the strangest places. I am going to blame my son for this. Sorry, Arlo, if you never did it. But we lost an Apple TV control for so long, we had to end up buying a new one. We tried doing it from our phone. Yeah. We went, this is this is not working. Let's go buy a new one. And then I was at yoga a couple of weeks ago, like setting out. I don't, I don't even have a TV in my house. I would never lie about that. I totally have a TV in my house. Anyway, I'm in yoga and I pull out the frigging remote control for the, and I'm like, 
I would not have put it in there. It had to be my son, bless his soul. Um, so I'm wondering, what is the weirdest thing you found cleaning up your house and where did you find it, Beck? Well, can I just say to that Apple TV remote, what I found an inge- – well, I didn't make it up. Okay, my husband did. But we put Velcro on the back of our remote control and then you stick the Apple TV thing to the remote control. I know, we've done that uh, and okay. we still lost it. <laughs> fine, okay, fine. Um, so look, my kids are classic hide your food – kids like I know it's a cliche but I have found so many weird things in my handbag like the other day <laughs> this is in relation to the scurvy thing that my son I will not eat anything nutritious so I think I was feeding him chicken nuggets or something terrible anyway I found I think it must have been about three weeks later about three chicken nuggets at the bottom of my bag <laughs> I don't even know how long they've been there for but you know what they were totally intact like they were like rubber and I was like maybe they're still I was like they're probably still fine which is I need to <laughs> Did clean you up eat them uh, no, oh my God. I would have definitely tried one. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, I feel like also giving my other Velcro tip is that um, where, when you know, when you lose all those expensive water bottles, you know where they go? You know, when you give your toddler in the car a water bottle and then they lob it, it all falls in the, yeah. uh, the underneath of the pa- passenger yep. seats are like yep. treasure troves <laughs> underneath the passenger seats. And they're so expensive, those drink bottles. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's like 10 underneath there. And that soccer boot, it's it, the underneath, just go and look Under underneath the passenger, the passenger or the driver's side. Yes, it's like, depending yep. when you, yep. where your child is <laughs> in the car. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Uh, I've got a really weird story. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So my wife will kill me for um, telling a story. But one time we changed Don't the nappy. Don't tell Matt's wife. And, oh, um, We changed the nappy and inside the poo was <gasps> a cockroach. The child <laughs> had, eaten. had eaten a cockroach. Whole. Whole. It wasn't a massive cockroach. Oh, my God. But he had basically <laughs> swallowed it whole from us. and then pooped it out and it was is in this, the nappy. Is this funny or is this not? That was that, that silence. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> just... And the thing is, my wife, talking to phobias, is insanely, insanely oh, terrified of cockroaches. Like, oh, she can't... With reason. When she sees one, it's like cartoon oh. jumped on the... So like, what did she do when oh, she saw... She's, She's insanely like PTSD from this cockroach in an appy. Like oh. extremely, it's messed up. And it is a bit yeah. messed up. So that's probably the weirdest thing. Not really a cleaning situation, yeah. I guess. No. But uh, yeah. Well, you were. You were cleaning their bottom. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel, I really feel. But you can let your wife know. I, I'm sure that that is not uncommon for children to eat insects. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. But it always, like my, I remember my brother eating a snail and me going, you know, what's your level of IQ that you thought <laughs> acceptable that you could pop a snail in. Did you say that to him? I'm sorry, but do we need to bring back what you told us in the last time you were here? Okay, that was my younger brother. That was my older brother. So one may may have eaten a snail. I feel feel for the cockroach because I remember seeing a cockroach going around my new baby's room at night. I stayed up all night trying to... Hunt it down. But good news is they can eat it and they'll be fine. So, you know. He may have even even absorbed some of those genes that make them live forever. (laughs) But I've had the situation. I hate cockroaches too, so I'm one of those people who gets out the supremely oh, toxic yeah. <laughs> cockroach cleaner. Oh. And my kids have been, I've freaked out and I've just been like, ah! Oh my gosh. Spraying it. And then I look around. Yeah. Yeah, I look around and my, there's my 
pristine baby in the corner with these fumes. Oh, yeah. I know, And the right? poor cockroach was dead within I, a second, but I'm like, still. I go crazy with my husband. He's done that where he's sprayed. This has just been a husband beating <laughs> workshop. But he has sprayed, I'm not joking, there was a cockroach in our pantry, and then he sprayed it into our pantry with all the food in there with cockroach spray. I was like, the level of stupidity that went into that one. Like, we had to throw out so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but I probably do that just to kill the cockroach. I'm feeling for your husband there. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in. It's been so much fun. So much fun. Thank you. That was Beck Finer, graphic designer and co-author of If I Was Prime Minister, and Mark Serrells, editorial director at tech and culture website CNET. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.